but his, for whatever reason, and I again, I don't know if this is a an accomplishment as parents or a huge failure as parents, but his only exposure to bunny rabbits was from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. <laughs> so when he saw a bunny rabbit, he thought of the bunny rabbit the from killer my, rabbit. the killer rabbit from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. <laughs> and he was terrified. Welcome back to Couple Goals. Hello. 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 Episode 51. Yeah. It is currently cold and snowy here in Ohio. Yeah. Very cold. About to get colder. Yeah. We're all bundled up in the living room. It's about to get negatives up in here. Yeah. Yeah. So how are you? Good. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all cold. Hey, did you did you see Bill Maher made some remarks? He kind of doubled down on his comments about Stan Lee and comic book readers. Although he did say he didn't say anything bad about Stan Lee necessarily. He was ragging on comic book fans, which is true. However, he he had uh, on his show the other night, he had a segment where he addressed because he lost like 40,000 Twitter followers after that. That's like insane, right? That's a lot of Twitter. I like that's Yeah. That's crazy. So I was just going to touch on that a little bit because he, he basically just came or went on his show and started saying how anybody who reads comics is part, is uh, very juvenile and immature and that they should have outgrown it years ago. Well, Bill Burr's a Bill Burr. No. What the fuck? Bill no. Maher is a baby boomer. So yeah. we all know how I feel about them. Well, the thing about and I, and I do I still I like Bill Maher, but th- this is the opinion. Of, this is an uninformed opinion. Who I don't think he's he realizes that the the format the medium has grown in a lot of different ways since Superman and Green Lantern of of his time when he was a kid. That there are absolutely adult comic books. It's it's weird to me to be dismissive of an entire medium, especially for someone who works in the entertainment industry, because the same thing has been said about television. The same thing has been said about film. Yeah, but he's a baby boomer. And he's also a huge hothead, which is funny to me because he that's very immature to me to still tout how much weed you smoke and and to be to like advertise it. Yeah, to to, to really be into it, dude. But yeah, I, I wanted to say, you know, it's just another uninformed opinion. And it, it's it's it'd be one thing if he read comics and if he read some of the more mature stuff like Art Spiegelman's Mouse and things like that. But he clearly hasn't has no interest is. in it. Yeah, it's a, it's a tale kind of uh, set in World War Two. Oh, no, no, but he, no. He, I don't he uses mice instead of people to tell his story about uh, persecution of the Jews and things like that. So, yeah, doesn't even sound fun. Yeah. So, yeah, there, but there's a lot of stuff. It, it's just, like I said, it's just weird, especially for someone who starred in a movie called. Cannibal, what was it called? Cannibal Women in the Avocado Jungle. You remember? That's the first thing I ever saw him in. Yeah. No. Before he was known for being Mr. Politically Incorrect. Also, on top of all this, he was fucking in Iron Man 3. As himself. 
and it wasn't just a clip. Like he recorded a, a spot as himself for the show, commenting on Tony Stark or something like yeah. that. Yeah, and go fuck himself. It's it's weird that he you know he would be he'll be in the movie and then he mostly just ragged on, but he did make some funny points actually about how that everybody's all yeah after a glowy thing and then he showed a little montage of glowy things. I was like, yeah, there are a lot of glowy thing MacGuffins in these movies. But then he start ragging on Kevin you Smith. You and fucking MacGuffins. Mac- We're done. <laughs> you know, you sh- if you didn't know rat. what a MacGuffin was, you should have asked. That's all you I do is ask. I used context clues. You figured it out? Yeah. Okay, but you, sh- you could have just asked. It's a fucking plot device. You, you could have just... I figured it out. But you start ragging on Kevin Smith, which was unnecessary, because Kevin Smith's like the nicest dude in Hollywood. Right. He's just the nicest guy. Like, what do you have to say about Kevin Smith? Yeah, and like, he's ragging on him down. because of his uh, big hockey jerseys he used to wear when he was uh, overweight and stuff. Who cares? Yeah. Attacking people for what they wear, unless it's, of course, an eyes on alligator polo. In that ha, case, fucking. <laughs> uh, what now? An eyes on alligator? That's, that what you me, said? that's me making fun of you. Oh, okay. Which is funny because that's actually not in last week's episode at any point. No? Yeah. That was all cut out. All of it? Yeah. Oh, man. I thought some of that got in there. No. So, when you ask about that, that's only in the Facebook group. So, if you guys don't know what we're talking about, that means you're not in the Facebook group. Um. So, anyway, moving on. Picking on someone for what they're wearing is, like, the laziest shit. Now, I'll do it because I'm a woman. But That's a baby boomer thing, though, too. Jerry Seinfeld does that, too, yeah. where they, they pick on people they, for wearing he things will, that, that don't, you know, don't Jerry look like Seinfeld the kid's stepping on 1940. People. Jerry, pick, Jerry Seinfeld picks some people for wearing denim. Even though he wears denim, but he wears a suit jacket all the time. Yeah. Or button down. He, you never see Jerry Seinfeld in a t-shirt. He's always like, oh, I look stupid. He's sleeping or, you yeah. know. Yeah. It's whatever. Whatever. That's a baby boomer thing. might see him in a polo shirt. Like a Izod like, alligator? Possibly. Lacoste. <laughs> Izod. Anyway. So, Moving on. Housekeeping. Housekeeping. So, we will be recording a Patreon after this. Yes, Patreon episode. Because Patreons at $5 get an extra episode a month. Yes. So, that's the thing that we are committed to talking about every week. But hey, if you, if you like the show, you find it entertaining, please check out our Patreon. And it... Just as it's patreon.com slash couple goals if you really want to just go couple goals podcast if you want to go there directly or you can go to couple goals podcast.com and go up to the top where it says support yeah click on that and for a dollar a month you can support the things you enjoy just out of the goodness of your heart since you listen every week we see our numbers so we know you guys are listening every week right we're on to you we know you're out there yeah we're on to you and as always thanks to our our current patrons we really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, we love you guys. You guys are the best. You guys are super cool. So who wants to go first? Do you want to go first? Mine's not really a go first kind of. No? I mean, it's a... I thought it was interesting, and then I actually did the research, and it turns out it's kind of a bummer, but I was too far into it. So I was like, well... <laughs> All right. <laughs> can always count on Maggie to bring the uplifting stories. That reaffirm it's your belief not, in humanity and humankind in I general. I don't know what to tell you, man. <laughs> Mine's kind of a downer, I guess. Because it, my topic, I, I did I show you the 
the trailer for the upcoming Pikachu movie? Yes. Okay, so I was thinking about... I'm sorry. What? What is your topic? (laughs) Why? What do you think it is? You you sound concerned. You sound very concerned. I was going to cover the various evolutions of the Pikachu Pokemon, of course. Gonna go through the history of no, I don't, I don't, I've never played Pokemon. Oh, I don't, fuck. I don't know anything about Pokemon. I was like, oh no, <laughs> shut it down. No, I've never been a Pokemon guy. That was, I was a little too old for that when it came out. Uh-huh. It did the art style was was clearly geared towards the younger demographic. So I, and I hear very, they're really good games, but they're just they don't look like they're for me. I was very concerned about the quality of this episode for, <laughs> <laughs> for a minute. Oof, but no, I am going to be talking about. Film adaptations of video games. Still concerned? Yeah. Go ahead. All right. So, for, well, first of all, my, the first thing I want to point out is that film adaptations of video games is a relatively recent thing. Do you know when the first one came out and what game it was based on? Super Mario Brothers. That is correct. And came out in 1993. Yeah. So about... about Seven to ten years after I'm real really Mario guessing shit. mania. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. But yeah, Super Mario Brothers, which is, you know, pretty logical choice. Yeah. Considering how popular it was and still is. Came out 1993, starring Bob Hoskins as Mario Mario and Jesus John Christ. Leguizamo as Lu- his brother Luigi Mario. Yes, in the movie, Mario is the Mario Brothers' last name. And... They are plumbers, and that's about it. That's <laughs> oh, there's a Bowser character played by Dennis Hopper. But other than that, it deviates terribly. It's it's it becomes like a sci-fi movie. It's it's really weird. It's not. I feel really, like I saw it, but I don't remember it. It it wasn't really geared towards the kids who were playing Mario Brothers back then. Maybe did there was there a TV show? There was a cartoon. There was a Super Mario no, I saw Brothers Super action. Show. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think they were I part saw of that. that. Yeah, and that was Lou Albano. Lou Albano was Mario, and I don't know who played Luigi. If you don't stop naming people who I don't know, the wrestler Lou Albano. I don't know who that is. He was in the Cindy Lauper video. Girls just want to have fun. I've never seen that. Oh, okay. That came out when I was like four. <laughs> oh, I thought I thought that was a cultural touch point for everyone. I'm really old. Yeah, it was a cultural touch point for people born in the 70s, maybe. Yeah. But I was born in the 80s. So there's some really great stuff out there about the making of the Super Mario Brothers movie. I guess it was a real fucking nightmare. And Bob Hoskins, when he got cast, he didn't even know it was a video game movie. It's kind of out of touch he was until his kid found out. Yeah, so Bob Hoskins found out he was in a video game movie from his kid. And then on top of that, he had this to say when when he was interviewed, when he was touring doing press for the movie in 1993 he was on entertainment tonight and he said if you're going to survive this film you're going to have to be very very careful i got stabbed four times electrocuted broke a finger nearly got drowned and that's just what happened to me (laughs) so yeah so it was there was i don't think the union was involved in the production of this movie yeah Uh, dennis hopper was throwing rage fits about the, the script was getting changed on the daily and between takes, John Leguizamo and Bob Hoskins were drinking liquor from a flask to get through the whole experience. Very bad. There's great articles about it. I'm not going to go into it. But if, if you want to know the history of the Super Mario Brothers movie, just just Google it and read. It, you it was just a, did that. It was a fucking nightmare. I almost did. I thought about doing it actually a few months ago. But then I decided instead to just kind of address 
video games in uh, in movies. Because Sam is they, sleeping on my arm, and my entire left side is numb. <laughs> well, just just move so, your arm. He'll be okay. He's oh, not no, a I, cat. I, I can't. He's, okay. a, he's a doggy. Oh, I'll move him. Come here, Sam. Okay. Anyway, so again, uh, movies, video game movies aren't that old. 1993 is 26 years ago. That's very old. It's not though. When Older you think than about when you think about comic book movies and comic book movie adaptations, the first comic book movie adaptations were in like the 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 40s, like Superman and Batman and stuff. They started adapting this stuff. Video games not until the 90s. When was the first Superman movie? I um I don't know. Why would you ask me that? I don't know. Because <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> said the forties, and I was like, "That yeah. seems a long time ago." Yeah, it was a very long time ago. But they would run these little serials in, in uh, at the theaters, like the weekly serials, and they had Batman ones, black and white. They had Superman. I don't know who got first. If it was Batman or Superman came to the screen first, but very, very old. And again, so the the idea of adapting a video game for a movie is relatively recent when you consider how long they've been adapting comic book movies and how long it took for them to get it right. So I, I, I would say the first comic book movie that they really got right was 1978 Superman. And then that wasn't, that didn't exactly spark an age of good superhero movies. It kind of went downhill after that. And it was, yeah, especially DC. Yeah. It was very up and down, but DC was still at the forefront. They had Superman and they had a lot of sequels. And then 1989, we had Batman. And again, that, that kind of cleared the palette, set the stage for the future. And then again, it was kind of bumpy for a while until X-Men came out. And then Spider-Man. And then after Spider-Man, we started getting a little bit more quality, consistent quality. All right. So next, oh, it, uh, it had a budget of $40 million. It pulled in $20 million And the box <laughs> office did not do well. Yeah. Uh, the next movie that ca- to come out based on a video game was Double Dragon. Nope. Don't know what that is. So Double Dragon was a side-scrolling fighting game. Beat em up. It was an arcade and NES game. Pretty popular back in the day. Double Dragon 2. I can't Altered Beast didn't come out in a movie. <laughs> I think the effects budget would have been insane for that. I don't think they were looking to do that. Rise from your grave. Wise from your grave. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Double Dragon came out. No one cared. I don't I didn't really look into that one. So, however, 1994 Street Fighter, the movie comes out. Yeah. Now, let me explain to listeners. If have you guys, if you've heard of a game called Fortnite, which you most likely have, whether you have kids or not, or you play video games or not, you've probably heard of a video game called Fortnite. If you're alive on this planet. Yeah. You've heard of Fortnite. Sweeping the nation, sweeping the world. Very popular. Lots sweeping of Sweeping the nation. Sweeping the nation. This was Street Fighter in 1994. Street Fighter was the Fortnite of 1994. It it was unless you were a girl, I didn't know what the fuck it was. I well, video games that. in general weren't as popular, so it its popularity wasn't. Uh, you know, it it didn't have as big an odd of an audience as like Fortnite. But that's well, just that's because, because there's more gamers ar- in general, and you had to go to arcades. You had to go to arcades. Eventually, it came home, but again, the the video game market was a lot smaller back then. Yeah. So, but it, it was. It was just just my way of saying it was the biggest video game of the time. It was the hottest thing. Right. All the kids were playing. All the kids were doing it, including me. And I love Street Fighter. I still love Street Fighter. You were older. So I was in 90. Well, that was when the movie came out. The game came out in 90. I started playing in like 91, 92. So I was early teens. And I was like 10. So I was able to get to the arcade at least, if nothing else, with with friends. 
Yeah. You were allowed to play. So, no, my mom wasn't there. You were a teenager. Yeah, I was. You were like working and like doing stuff. Uh, I was 10. So you were like 15, 16. In 91? Okay. So yeah, I was like yeah. 14. I really didn't start getting to do stuff until I was about 16-ish around I there. Was 91, 92. I was 10, 11. Yeah. So you had to be old yeah. enough to do stuff. Yeah. So, but anyway, so it was it was the popular thing. It's a, a two-player fighting game, one-on-one fighting. Uh, so they, of course, wanted to monetize that and say, yeah, hey, let's right, take that and right. make a movie out of it. And so Capcom is the, the video game publisher and developer. They were really heavily involved with the movie, and they really shouldn't have been. Video games and movies are... Even though they're both visual mediums, they're they're very drastically different. It's different skill sets there, you know. And right. so they had a lot of demands. The movie was terrible. And and I, as a huge Street Fighter fan, but in, uh, being a teenager, and, and this was the same with Super Mario Brothers, you saw the commercials. You you knew it was going to be terrible. Right. However, You're I was... You're not surprised. Yeah, you, you saw it. They cast Jean-Claude Van Damme in it, who was real big at the time. Remember when he was like a thing? He was and huge. You were like, oh, yeah. However, they cast him to play the American soldier character. The Street Fighter cast was incredibly diverse. They had people. It was 12 different characters. Oh, back before diversity. So that's right, weird. Back before anybody actually made anything with anything other than white people in it. That's weird because diversity didn't that. happen until this past like six months. Right. It was about, about, about a year ago that yeah. people realized there was more than white people in the world. But, so that's weird. But no, back so this game it was called Street Fighter Two is the one that actually was really popular. It came out in ninety one, had a bunch of sequels, and but it had a, the the whole fighting roster was very diverse. You had people from Japan and Russia, USA, Thailand. You had men and women. It was like genuine diversity. Yeah, Jamaica. You had uh, Native American. You, you everybody was in this game. They had people from everywhere. Ah, uh, you're Indians. So the, a lot of the issue That's with the Louis movie C. is... a Louis K. joke, because I still like Louis C.K. Capcom wanted to feature, like, all these characters in this yeah. movie, which is insane. You can't that's do that. A, no. That's not how movies work. You, no. have, to, you have to dial back the cast. Yeah, a little bit. It, you can't... To make it so you can You can't follow. make Infinity War first, you right. know? you got to build up to a cast that large. You can't do that. So that's what they did. Or ever. You can't make Infinity War That, that is a fun movie to watch, though. It's one of those... Mm-hmm bad movies that's it's still fun to watch because it's it's bad and also it's so bad it's funny yeah it's just it's ridiculously bad so that came out that came out with a 35 million dollar budget went on to make 99 million so they they did all right with it though yeah, and, and that was pretty okay. much just the street fighter name and probably jean-claude van damme's popularity carried that for the most part yeah so the following year 1995 brought us Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat was, of course, everybody knows what Mortal Kombat is, is a Street Fighter ripoff with a lot of violence. And they made a movie out of that, of course, because it was even more popular than Street Fighter. And Mortal Kombat was popular largely because of the violence. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it was. It was that was back when you could do something violent and it stood out. It's because back then video games were still looked at as a children's medium for the most part. Yeah, the ripping out of the spine was like the big. Yeah thing yeah and yeah then. all the all the different things and plus the graphics back then were amazing because they mo-capped people and it was just it was like whoa so they did a movie that was directed by that that's the movie that introduced us to the terrible director named paul ws anderson heretofore called paul weak sauce anderson 
who brought us all the terrible Resident Evil movies, which we'll get to later. That, I would say this was like the first bona fide hit video game movie. Had a budget of only $18 million. Went These on budgets to, are getting significantly smaller. Yeah, yeah. And like... <laughs> So had a budget of only $18 million, made $122 million. So when you look at your profit ratio, that's right. huge. Right. And that was the first video game movie I saw. I saw it, in, not, not the one, first one I saw, but it was the first one I saw in a theater and actually said, this isn't the worst. <laughs> I liked it. It doesn't hold up well at all. Yeah. But at the time, they had Fear Factory on the soundtrack. They had, huh. yeah, they had a, a lot of techno mixed with heavy metal, which was very popular at the time. And... They, the fight scenes at the time, again, at the time, people <laughs> were, were good. <laughs> the fight scenes were cool. You watch the fight scenes now, they're fucking terrible. But for what it was, it was, it was an enjoyable movie. It's always weird to go back and watch things you liked at the time. Yeah. And then you're like, huh, I evolved and I didn't even notice. Yeah. But that it came out, though, as PG-13. They took a super violent property and made a PG-13 movie out of it so they can make that money. Right, so they can get people to come. Because this was before video games were regulated with ratings and stuff. Right. All right, so we're going to... I'm going to jump jump over a bunch of... There's a, a lot of other movies that have come out. I'm kind of just going to hit the big ones. 2001, we had Tomb Raider. So Resident, Resident Evil was... Uh, well, I guess that came out later. So Tomb Raider was the first uh, female-led video game movie. Okay. That, that's... Can you believe that? They had women leading as, as the hero, I, I as lead characters back in the I day. I cannot. It's, it's not. This was, this movie was a huge hit. It starred Angelina Jolie as Laura Croft, which was basically. I that. The whole premise of Tomb Raider was, it was, it was Indiana Jones with a hot chick. It was yeah. basically the whole premise of the game. And that's kind of what the movie was. Budget of 115 million, which. Oh. 2001, that's, that's a big budget. Yeah. That's big budget shit. Made two hundred seventy-five million, so it so did it really did it. well. Did really well for itself. All right, then next year, two thousand two, brought us the return of Paul Weeksauce Anderson and the arrival of Resident mm-hmm. Evil, which I had high hopes for. However, other than the name, it's not Resident Evil. They didn't even try to base it on the games, other than the name and the Umbrella Corporation. Really don't uh, like. And he cast Mila Jovovich in the lead who he is now married to and she's in all the movies. So I guess it worked for him. Another female lead. You believe that? And this movie, $33 million budget, $103 million return at the box office. Again, really high profit ratio there. That's significantly lower than Tomb Raider. Did Tomb Raider have better graphics? Tomb Raider. I think a lot of these have to do with one Angelina Jolie, your, your star matters. So she's bigger. And, Part when you when you you're looking at the budget, you're also factoring in promotion. Oh. So typically, the bigger the budget, the more promotion. It's yeah. kind of like Aquaman. Aquaman had the shit promoted out of it. It and yeah. it worked. Yeah. Spider Man and Spider Verse did not have much promotion. Did not make anywhere near as much as Aquaman. Even though Spider Man is a character people like. Right. And Aquaman is not. So, moving on. Jumping up to 2005 and the adaptation of one of the most influential games of all time, Doom. Oh, yeah. Starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Carl Urban. That was not a hit. It was also not a good movie. It had a budget of $60 million, made $56 million of it back. Oh. Yeah. So that's a shame because that, that could have been 
that was like a really lame ripoff of Aliens, the second Alien movie. Well, here's the thing with Doom. Yeah. What's the thing with Doom? Is, uh... Do you have a thought? Yeah. Is that really something that can be turned into a movie? It's a bunch of pixels. Well, we'll get into... <laughs> Doom is a video game. What are you talking about? Okay. All video games are pixels. Have you what seen... Are you about? Pixels and polygons. That's all they are. Have you seen Doom, though? It's like... You know what Doom actually is? It's it, like four pixels running around the screen. It's like It was one calm. of the first first-person shooters, one of the first three-dimensional video games where you could actually venture into the screen instead of just scrolling left and right. Bro, the but, graphics are so bad. I love How Doom. do you turn that? I know. Everyone in this house does except me. <laughs> like, this whole family is like it's Doom the, well, fans it's not number about, one You have to use three. your imagination. What Doom really was, though, it was... It was basically, it was like older versions, older and smarter versions of me making a video game at the time. Yeah, it, literally, you guys are Doom fans one through three, and I but get what it. I mean is but they're what they sourced, like what they were influenced by to make it. Their biggest influences were the Alien movies. Then evil, I guess it makes sense, right? The Evil Dead movies. Then I guess it makes sense. That well, I'm talking about the game itself, not the movie. Then I guess it makes sense that the movie, though, was just the aliens. Well, no, they, it doesn't make sense because Doom is set in hell and they didn't set oh. it in hell. That was part of the problem. They should have went all balls to the wall, had it had them go to hell and just make it this over the top monster movie. Instead, we they can't talk about we really can't talk about the Doom video game without Logan being on the podcast. Well, so. I'm just explaining right now what Doom the influences of, of what Doom was. So it was aliens, evil dead and heavy metal. They literally stole if you listen to the soundtrack to the first Doom game, it is MIDI versions of Pantera and Slayer and Nine Inch Nails songs and things like that, that they did MIDI versions that are barely recognizable. But if you go on YouTube and look, you can be like, you oh, yeah, find, that's you that's can find matchups. Yeah, you can be like, oh, that's Pantera's mouth for war. I, and I had no idea at the time. It wasn't until years later. So that brings us up to 2005. That's and why, again, that's why everyone in my house likes that shit so much. <laughs> But yeah, it's aliens, it's Evil Dead, it's heavy metal, it's it's perfect. It's a perfect video game. That's the it, weird thing about families is like when you have children with someone, you have a really good chance of of then ha living with two people who are just like the person you had children with. <laughs> you have really good odds. <laughs> well, of that happening. That's why you should only reproduce with someone you really like. Yeah, I agree with that, and yeah. I'm living that. Yeah. It's a good thing. It's a good thing I really like you because I live with two more of you. So what, what kind of prompted me to touch on this is I I was seeing they're they're making a Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Yeah. They are that was the Logan just texted that. And that's why when you said okay. No, I, I texted that. Oh, is that you? Yeah. So when so we have a we have a family text called Lit Fam. That's the group. And when I saw the Sonic the Hedgehog thing show up in Lit Fam, I was like, "We call it Lit Fam to make fun make of it, that. That's a joke. Make it fun of Mason because Mason used to say Lit all the time. Yeah, that's a we're being something. Yeah, we're trolling so, Mason. So when that showed up after you said the Pikachu thing, I was like, kind of scared that we we're going to talk about like anthropomorphic fucking animation. Were you a scared? I was a scared. <laughs> I was a scared, you were Johnny. Scared. Like I was, I was a frightened. <laughs> yeah. And 
As yeah. well you should be. You never know what I'm going to talk about. I don't. And I'm like, oh, Lord. But I do like hedgehogs, so go on. So they're making a Sonic the Hedgehog movie, a live-action Sonic the Hedgehog movie. I know. With CG I was a implementation. And they've only released a movie poster for it. And I'm going to post this for you guys on Facebook or Instagram or whatever. <laughs> I plan to make it the cover photo for the show, but I'm going to show it to you real quick just to remind you what Aww. what the movie poster. For I so had a cover First photo. First of all, the blurb at the top, and this is not a joke, this is the real thing, says, from the producer of The Fast and the Furious. So that's where we're at, which excites a lot of people and terrifies others. And I think you know which camp I'm in. And this is, this is the movie poster, so go no. ahead and take a look at that. You don't need to show me again. I've seen yeah, it. Yeah, just go ahead and study that. I've seen it. He's terrible. I think most of you know what Sonic the Hedgehog looks like. Very cartoony blue hedgehog with skinny little cartoon legs. And that this is version not what he looks like. This anymore. version, it looks like somebody it looks like a, a furry with a really big budget made a Sonic costume. They have got these muscular human legs. And it that's what terrifies me about this. The muscular human legs. Just staring at this poster, I cannot I can't not look at these legs. They're just so gross and weird. And the, other than his head silhouette, nothing else looks like Sonic. The rest looks like a fucking werewolf. Dude, so, okay. So he sent this poster to the to the family chat. And it's, it looks like a fucking, what are those guys called? Werewolves. Those long distance runners? Yeah. He looks like one of those, like an athlete. Well, yeah, he's, he's. He's poised. In, or, he's or, poised to start running. Yes. Like he's waiting for someone to shoot off one of those little guns. Yes. And starter pistols. And he's poised like that and he's cut. This this dude is cut. Yes. <laughs> except he has Sonic's head. Sonic's furry head. And this is all silhouette though, so you don't get to see a lot of detail. You can tell it's he's furry. You can tell he's blue, but you can't see the eyes or the nose. So we don't even know what the face looks like, which could be a whole new nightmare when that is actually revealed. I assume they're still working on it because I'm guessing it didn't test well. <laughs> so it was like, well, we got to get thing. something out. We got to get a promotional image out. Just black out his face for now until we get it right. But the body is an athletic runner's body. Yeah. Of a human. Right. But it's blue and furry. But it's blue and furry. Everything he's except got, for his shoes that are. He's got the red sneakers. Red sneakers. This will be out November 8th of this year, 2019, by the way. So we I do not recommend this movie and then i was talking to friend of the show brad and he, he's actually the one who re reminded me about the pikachu ryan reynolds movie which i'm gonna go on a limb here and, and i could say this because i'm not a fan of pokemon i i don't have any I think that movie looks cute i don't have any interest in pokemon i don't have anything against it i've never been like oh that's terrible it's just never appealed to me see it. I so I, i've cute. never you know played it, it looks like something that a lot of people enjoy and they do so what i what i was saying to brad i was like well you know at least in the pikachu movie they are faithful to the pokemon designs you recognize yeah. pikachu everybody knows what pikachu looks like whether you play the game or not for the most part and that's pikachu you know and, and some i you know some of the other i know some of the other pokemon i think they're, they're i can't think of their names offhand but you've seen squirtle Bulbasaur and squirtle yeah and they, they yeah. have some of those in there termander i think that movie will actually do well because looks cute. It, it I mean, does. It, it looks cute. Looks, I think it'll appeal to fine. kids. It kind of caught me off guard seeing the trailer for because I didn't even know it was coming. It was you, you know Brian normally Reynolds I'm, is like. <laughs> I'm on movie websites. I typically have some idea, and that just kind of hit me out of nowhere. 
I was like, oh, they're doing this, huh? Detective Pikachu. Okay. <laughs> but there's nobody in this house that that's that, that is right. the market for that. Like I played Pokemon Go for a minute. Right. It was okay. Yeah. I mean, it's fun. But I just have an addictive personality, so I have to cut myself off from games like that. Yeah. That's... Because I am the market for games like that. I am exactly who they want. Yeah. Because I'll be like, yes, I now have to drive to Minnesota to go and get to that Poke Gym or whatever the <laughs> right. fuck that's called. Like Somebody I, spotted a Mewtwo. Right. I don't, I don't like, know. I am exactly who they want Pokemon. to play, stuff like that. But because I know that about myself, I can audit myself and be like, no, I'll just uninstall that. So before I, I wrap up, I wanted to ask you what do you think they can do to improve video game movies because even though they've had hit make them good <laughs> all right <laughs> make them good that's that's one thing to do for Try me that. a lot of it is figuring out what of the source material to keep and what to eliminate because right video- that's that's what i said make them good but I'm, I'm talking i want to get a little bit more specific here in what we can do to make it good they're making a metal gear solid movie that's a franchise i really like it's just a box and it's it's a fun game. And they I better keep that. That's, well, it's just a box. Yeah. Is that important? It's just a box. Is that key to its success? That should be the title. See, here's the thing with most video games. The stories are typically really bad and, and just generic, rote, cliche stuff. Right. They don't need to stick to the stories, I think. And I, I the other thing they need to do is they do need to evolve the characters. Yeah. However, I do think they need to keep the aesthetic of the characters, keep the names of the characters, but feel free to evolve them into real people. Because most games, aside from like, you know, Mass Effect or something like that, where the the RPGs are really good. It's an RPG that that actually revolves around the story. Right, where they actually have written the characters. Most characters are just like, oh, we got to get the thing and kill it before the thing happens and we all die. Is you know, a lot of video games. They're making a Super Mario Brothers movie, like an animated one. So I think that might be good because yeah, I'm I'm guessing they they want to do, but I think they're doing it with like DreamWorks, which is bad because there's that's who makes like DreamWorks the is like garbage. DreamWorks, yeah, DreamWorks has a terrible record for the most part. So it's it's not, you know, they're like they're like Pepsi to Pixar's Coke. You know, it's just, yeah, they're, they're trying real hard. It's just not quite the same though. Yeah, it's just just not landing. But but again, that's for us. Most people can't stay right. they go it's see like, these movies they're big it's hits. like simpsons and family guy right like what they are you gonna do like, man yeah they think it's like the same some thing. people are like oh i put on family guy when i need a laugh and it's like oh because you're dumb like i get it <laughs> no i get it like i understand it's fine some people just like to hear 37 references in five minutes and think that's funny yeah that's, no i get it it's okay that's that's a thing if that's what you need every person like it's okay so the, the other thing, and this doesn't really have to do with video games, but yeah, Aquaman is closing in on being DC's top money-making movie. Yeah, it's because of middle-aged women. You think it's just the middle-aged mm-hmm. white women who here all in America? Dra- who all were like... It's doing really good worldwide. So it might just be women worldwide. I don't know what the demographic is worldwide. It's moms worldwide yeah. who are like, I'm going to drag my 50 kids to the movie <laughs> and... Then they took their kids to the movie. Yeah. Kids who they're normally like, we're not going to see that. We'll wait for Netflix. But I'm going to go ahead, though, and just, uh, you know, you you shouldn't do this. I know you shouldn't do this, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to berate my audience here and say, thanks for going to see Aquaman so much. You have sent the exactly the wrong message to these people as to what you want to see in the future now. So now we're just going to get 
really mediocre, brightly colored, uh, bare chested DC movies from now on. Batman's just going to be topless with a cowl, some tight pants. I thought I was going to be Batman. <laughs> you know, you want to be Batman. Yeah, I don't want to be bare chested. Everybody <laughs> calm down. That's a, that's a different demographic right there. Right. We did just watch Zack and Mary make a porno again. Yeah. I mean, it had been that's 10 a, years. That's a funny movie. But yeah, the, that's the message that has been sent now. We've gone from DC, who was the high point of cinematic comic book adaptations with Batman. Those those were the, you know, from the 89, you know, the, you have the original Superman, you have 89 Batman, you have Batman Returns, you have the Nolan Dark Knight trilogy, you have all these great movies, <sighs> and then they just took a fucking nosedive. I'm Batman. And now they're coming up, and they're coming up with fucking Aquaman is what's bringing them out of out of out of their uh out of their lull or whatever you want to call it out of their doldrums and i'm sorry and it's fucking they're Aquaman. What? doldrums is that not a word oh, that was a word why are you looking at me like that because i've never heard it before is it a word doldrums now i gotta look it up hey couple guys goals. couple goals word of the week doldrums possibly <laughs> Dole. All right, doldrums, uh, state or period of inactivity, stagnation, or depression. So I think I use that accurately, and it is a word, so. Cool. When <laughs> did you read Maggie's that, <laughs> like third grade? And you just been waiting? It's just been in your back pocket? I guess. I don't feel like that's a, a rare word. We've I've, been together over 18 years, and you've never used it. I've never been in the doldrums, I guess. I don't you've know. You've definitely been in the doldrums, I and have. you've never used it until just now. Okay, well, I, I was struggling to come up with a word. My brain is... is so you pulled that one out. My brain is bad. <laughs> Dumb. It's in the doldrums. <laughs> it's in the doldrums, stagnating terribly. So Jesus th that's, that's what came out. But yeah, Aquaman is what 18 years, you've never used that word. <laughs> but yeah, that's Aquaman is saving DC now. So thanks again, everyone, for going to see that shit stain of a movie. And now you're sending the message to DC that you want more garbage movies like Aquaman. Thanks so much. Great job. I turn it over to you now. Doldrums. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't. Mine's not that kind of. Bye, half the audience, and hello, the other half who's here for me. <laughs> Those of you who fast forwarded through my stuff, you can you can stop now. So, mine's not like that. I was originally going to do a murder, and I was like, "What? A murder? Well, I was originally not you. Gonna, I was originally going to do murder, which I'm still going to do eventually. But I you was know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start doing animal murder. Ooh, ooh, yeah. Ooh, then you'll know ooh. how other people feel about your stories. I, okay, I'll well, do I'll brutal do, animal thing. I'll, I'll fucking disband this podcast. <laughs> Can't have a couple goals without I'm gonna a couple. Do, I think next week I'm just going to talk about Michael Vick. It's going to be my episode. Bitch. You'll be in the doldrums. Like, I'm, oh, I'm out. So, oh, oh, wait a minute. Drop Before it. we get into your bummer shit. Oh. We we I gotta bummer share shit, this story. Shit, bummer 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 shit. This is this is it's very non sequitur. However, we were why were we oh we were watching ah. Saturday we were watching Saturday Night Live and they were doing that we song. We forgot to tell the story earlier. They were doing a song about dogs. Yeah. Well, it, it was first. It was the joke. Initially, was they were singing about bitches and the bitches were actually female dogs in the video. And then somebody came in and she started singing about bunny rabbits, and this led my mind somewhere where I remembered I. I I said to Maggie, hey, do you remember this? And I'm going to share it with you. 
and again, I'm sorry this has nothing to do with anything, but I think it's too funny not to share because this is it's it's very funny. We meant to share it at the beginning. Yeah. And we forgot. So when Logan was a lot younger, Logan is about to be 17 in like March. So I want to I want to say he was probably less than eight years old. Yeah, he was he was a little kid. Right. We were driving and well, actually, see, I don't even remember the particular. I, I know the important part of the story. I don't know if we were driving. Everyone or walking. in this house remembers the, the story. But anyway, we happened upon a bunny rabbit. We saw a bunny rabbit in the Outside. wild. Yeah. You all know what a bunny rabbit is. Everyone knows what a bunny. Everyone rabbit knows is. what a bunny rabbit is, right? Like a wild rabbit. And Logan was terrified and we <laughs> didn't know why. <laughs> we're, you know, Maggie and I are just, oh, look at the bunny rabbit. It's so cute, whatever. And he was terrified of this bunny rabbit. And and again, I don't remember how we found this out, if it was right then or if it was later. But his, for whatever reason, and I again, I don't know if this is a an accomplishment as parents or a huge failure as parents. But his only exposure to bunny rabbits was from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. <laughs> so when he saw a bunny rabbit, he thought of oh, the, the bunny rabbit. The from killer my, rabbit. The killer rabbit from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. <laughs> and he was terrified. So I was thinking was of that, and I just lost my shit laughing at the notion of a child being ter- terrified of a rabbit. Because, so, you know, rabbits are so not vicious. They don't. So yeah, he's watching, he's watching the Saturday Night Live skit, and this chick's singing about bunny rabbits. She's rapping about bunny rabbits. And I look over at the couch and Sean is just dying. Like he is like full on, like can't breathe laughing. And then we call Logan out to see if he remembers. And Logan's like, yeah, what I thought that rabbits were all the killer rabbit from Monty Python. <laughs> he, thought rabbit. And he starts laughing. And then Mason comes out. He's like, are you talking about that time that Logan thought rabbits were the killer rabbits from Monty Python? And he starts laughing. And we're all dying. Yeah, I don't know because... if you guys find that as funny as, as we do or not, but the, the idea of, of somebody being terrified of rabbits because the only thing they know rabbits from is Monty Python and the Holy Grail, it, 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 was, it was hysterical to me. So anyway, uh, sorry. That's, that's us. That's us as parents. Yeah. Us as parents, we sheltered our kids so much that the only thing that they ever knew a rabbit from was Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Yeah. <laughs> Thought it was deadly. We were going to get our throats ripped out <laughs> by the rabbit. <laughs> Could not understand our excitement <laughs> and our willingness to approach it. <laughs> he just was terrible, mortified of this bunny. <laughs> Logan's like, then this is how we go out. He, <sighs> he was in the doldrums for a bit. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. Fuck that word. I'm never. Like, All right. What, All right. So go ahead. Where'd and, you pull that from? Like, where did you? What, where did you pull that word? I, I don't know. I have, I have no idea. It's I, I thought that was a, that seems like a well-known. I feel like if it's a word I know, everybody knows it. I don't have a huge vocabulary by any stretch. I want to give you a what willy so bad right now just to <laughs> just to put you back in your place. Uh, right. I'm not one of those people who likes to be loquacious. <gasps> Motherfucker. <laughs> all right, all right, go ahead. <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> I'm sorry for all the laughter. I'm having a good time. <laughs> having a good time. <laughs> Join the show. Join the podcast. Well, it's all about to end because here comes my story. Here we go. <laughs> so my story is actually a story about war. Why are you gesturing like Bill and Ted right now? She's got her hand in the air like she just told someone to be excellent to each other. 
What are you doing? <laughs> Put your hand down. I'm telling you a story. All right, let's go. Well, I've been, I'm used to my webinars and my videos from my, my coaching class, so I'm oh, okay. gestating wildly. No, gesticulating. No gestating. Please don't gestate <laughs> over there. <laughs> we don't need that. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I, I can't gestate over here. I, no room at the end. So... You probably, you probably think you have a pretty, like, you know how John Mulaney has a bit, like, I probably know what most things feel like. Like, you probably yes. have a pretty good idea of what the worst case scenario of war is like, right? Like, hmm. you're going to die or you'll be wounded or captured. Captured and tortured seems pretty bad. Okay. Dying of some sort of nuclear fallout seems bad or a chemical attack. That seems terrible as well. Okay, well, we're going to talk about pretty pretty bad scenario that's cool. worse than worse that's worse than what you think so september Can't wait. september of 1944 mm. this is world war ii yeah nine american airmen survived when their planes were shot down off of the tiny coast of pacific island of chichijima okay okay this is south of japan Eight of the young men were captured by the Japanese and then tortured and eaten piece by piece. So that. Like eaten alive. Eaten alive. Jesus fucking Christ. So that would be. How do they, how do you know the this? Worst. How, how does somebody find this out? Does somebody oh, survive? I'll tell you. I'm going to tell you. Okay. Yeah, somebody, there's one, one lone survivor. Jesus. So that's going to be your worst possible outcome, in case you were curious. In my opinion, I mean, I guess there could be worse, but I don't. I can't think about any to be eaten alive. And who did the Japanese Spetis, soldiers? The Japanese. Jesus. The ninth drifted out to sea and was remarkably rescued by the U.S. Navy. A Navy seaman was able to film the moment of this of the survivor being pulled from his tiny inflatable raft onto the deck of the submarine. But the terrible fate of the survivors was kept a secret for many, many years. Hmm. The sole survivor was a 20-year-old pilot who would go on to become president. It was George H.W. Bush. Oh, no shit. Yeah. The extraordinary story of Bush's rescue was well known during his presidency, but I was a little kid at yeah, the I time. Know. I didn't know that. So I didn't know this story until after his death. Yeah. So that's why I'm telling it now. Because okay. it's actually very interesting. And now okay. that now that he's dead, I mean, I knew him as a terrible coward and an awful president. Right. But it turns out he was a war hero. And it was like he'd seen some shit. Been he, had, some shit. he was he was actually a really great like military, like actual hero, as opposed right. to how people throw around the word hero. Yeah. He was truly a war hero. Well, Trump's a hero. He's the only one fighting for our country. I read. <laughs> Fuck you. Him and his bone spurs. So. So now that, you know, now that he's passed and more of the of his, you know, his his coward presidency legacy is gone. Yeah. And you can actually see a lot of the other stuff. Yeah. I thought I would share this because it's a really interesting story. So this is World War Two and the mission was was on this Chichijima, which is a tiny island 700 miles south of Tokyo. So they're flying over and they're in this plane called the Avenger and Bush was the pilot. Okay. So he is in, he's in this little plane called the Avenger and it's struck by flak, which Avengers are a really cool name for a plane. Yeah. So 
his engine goes ablaze and he's only got a couple of people in his plane because there's multiple, you know? Yeah. Rather than bailing out immediately, he keeps flying out to sea, hoping to get further out right. for chances of survival. Yes. And when he can fly no further, he him and his crewmates, they decide to all bail out. So they all have their parachutes on. And this all came out in a 2002 interview with CNN. So when they can they can fly no further, they all have their shoots on and his opens cleanly. One of his crewmates shoot didn't open. And then mm. the third person in his plane, he didn't even get out of the plane. Oh, so he is the sole survivor of this crash. But there are there were like nine people altogether. So he's quoted as saying, I'm haunted by anything. I'm not haunted by anything other than the fact that I feel responsible for the two people that were killed in my plane. I wonder about why my shoot opened, but the other guy didn't. Why me? Yeah. He said, that is all that plagued me. The fate of the eight other airmen who landed in Chichijima in the raids. That puts his luck in the pretty stark perspective, right? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of it's crazy. So they were. I, they they were killed in a various, various amount of ways. But in 2013, James or I'm sorry, 2003, James Bradley published a book called Flyboys, The True Story of Courage, where he pieced together everything that happened. It was from transcripts from the war crimes trials given to him by former officers and a lawyer who was an official witness at the time and testimony of surviving Japanese veterans. Here's what happened. And then here's what here's what happened. And then here's what happened to the Japanese people, like the Japanese um, officers. OK, so a radio operator, Marv Mershon, he is the American who was who was pretty. I mean, he was marched to a freshly dug grave. He was blindfolded. He was made to kneel. For a beheading by a sword. And this was all testified by a Japanese soldier named Iwaka. And when the flyer was struck, he didn't cry out. All he did was groan. So that's they didn't need him. They just beheaded this dude. Yeah. The next day, a Japanese officer, Major Sua Matoba, decided to include an American flesh in a sake fueled feast that he had he had put on for an officers, his officers, including the commander chief of the island. Mm. So a Japanese medical order orderly who had helped the surgeon prepare the ingredients said, Dr. Tiaki cut open the chest and took out the liver. I removed a piece of flesh from the flyer's thigh, weighed about six pounds, and it measured four inches wide, about a foot long. He was still alive. Jesus Christ. Yeah. This is great. It's almost done. Another crewman, Floyd Hall, met a similar fate. Fate Admiral... Kenozi Mori, a senior naval officer on Chichijima, told the court that Major Matoba bought a delicacy, brought a delicacy to the party at his quarters, a specialty dish prepared from Lloyd Hall's liver. Wow. Yeah. I had pierced it with bamboo sticks and cooked it with soy sauce and vegetable. They ate it in very small pieces, believing it to be good medicine for the stomach, the admiral were called. A third victim of cannibalism, Jimmy Dye, had been put to work as a translator when several weeks earlier, Captain Shishi Yoshi, who had later been tri- was later tried and executed, called for his liver to be served at a party for fellow officers. The fuck? Yeah. 
Parts of a fourth airman, Warren Earl Vaughn, were also eaten, and the remaining four were executed, one being clubbed to death. The parents of all airmen are now dead. But Mr. Bradley did contact all families. Their reactions were stunned, silence, a hush. But knowing how the men died, however horrible their death, did allow for closure, and they all said that they were now healing. Wow. Three Japanese officers were all, were hanged after the U.S. military commission on Guam sentenced them to death for their acts of torture and cannibalism. Dude, they should have been eaten alive. They <laughs> should have just thrown them in a, like, a fucking tiger cage. Among them was their instigator, Major Mataba. Mataba. Mataba virus. <laughs> that's from uh, that's Clerks Animated Series. Whose justification for the war crimes was... These incidents occurred when J- Japan was meeting their defeat. Oh, that may, that the personnel may, yeah. became excited and agitated and seething with uncontrollable rage, and we were hungry. We tried eating every animal and plant, like rabbits, mice, dogs, and lizards, and I hardly know what happened after that. We weren't even cannibals. <laughs> and that's it. That's just, I mean, that's it. I just thought, since George H.W. passed recently, and... Everybody just remembers him as being such an awful president yep. that it'd be nice to remember that he actually did serve in World War II and he really was an actual war hero. Right. Wow. And he, he, you know, we we have had presidents who, although shitty presidents, they really were good, good military vets, unlike our current president, right. who is just a garbage person. Right. That's all I have. Hi, mine's not. Yeah. Mine's not. Well, mine's disgusting, but it's uh, on a high note. It's disgusting, but you know what? It's American history, and I thought it would be interesting didn't, since you didn't like it. You didn't like my fifty nifty United States last <laughs> week, so Christ. I wanted to cram some American history in there at you somehow. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. Thanks for listening, guys. Stay out of the doldrums. Stay out of the doldrums. There you go. You're using it right. Try not to. Uh, Pull out of words for out of 18 years. <laughs> Dude, we celebrated you know our do 18 that. Surprise years. Surprise your significant other with a word they've never heard before that you assumed everybody knew. Do you have knew. a word a day calendar like in your car? I don't have any calendars. <laughs> That's not a thing I do. I have one on my phone, but it's not, doesn't tell me, doesn't give me any words or We've anything. We've been together 18 years and I have never heard that. It's okay. I, I don't know what to say to that. It's not. I don't feel like I learned it recently. I, you I, don't read. Yeah, I don't read. I mean, I, yeah, where would us? Yeah, I used to read as a kid. Are you reading a thesaurus like quietly? <laughs> like is that what th- you're doing? I have I have a tab for a thesaurus open and a tab for IMDb, and I just, I believe you. I just that's read what both you do in them. the bathroom. That's yeah. why that's why shits take so long. So, I mean, I'm just watching YouTube. So, all right. Did I tell you how long my YouTube YouTube will tell you how long you've been watching or whatever? Yeah. And it'll it tells me like my watching time is like eight hours a day. It's like, bitch, I listen. Okay. I don't watch. That's not how it tracks things though. I know. <laughs> if you have it open. It's just in. it's just insulting. It's like <laughs> I don't watch YouTube eight hours a day. <laughs> That's right. a lot of YouTube. Yeah. All right. Thanks Bye. guys. Bye. <laughs>